0: Where we've been for the last couple of weeks is this series, Delivered from Darkness. Um, we've been able to talk about, really, the light um, is, is what we are delivered by and, and how darkness is removed, um, which ultimately is Christ, and we got to, to look at the, the light of Christ and the light of the gospel, and, and ultimately, we got to talk about, really, Christmas, which which marks the the light coming to, to be here and the light coming to... to deliver us from darkness in in Jesus when he was born, and we got to celebrate that last week and and got to have a lot of fun with that, and then got to just look at the scripture and see what it meant and what it was for for Jesus to come and to dwell, um, and then ultimately live a life, uh, a life in which uh, he would bring light into the darkness, and and ultimately his death being what would pay for for all darkness, um, and then ultimately his resurrection bringing about life and light um, for forevermore. Um, so we're going to dive right into Colossians 1, uh, 12 through 14, uh, read this passage that we've been looking at for the last few weeks, and then we'll talk a little bit about this passage, as well as kind of some other passages, and kind of walk through it. Um, so I'll read this here, and then we're going to pray. So Colossians 1, 12 through 14 says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the the inheritance of the saints in light, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. God, we just thank you so much for for all that you've done um, for this church, for this church family. Um, for just the incredible year that we get to celebrate as as 2017 wraps up and we just so often use this time in a calendar to just think about... our lives and, and what you've done and, and what is next. And, and God, I, th- I think the biggest way we can just sum up today for, for risen hope is, is just thankfulness, God. Thankfulness for, for the story of, of just bringing this church family together. Thankfulness for, for what it's meant for, for individuals and families and, and people in this church body, God. What it's meant for, for hopefully this community, God, and some of the ways we've already tangibly seen that, God. Uh, we're just so thankful. Um. And God, I just thank you for the opportunity for us to gather here today and just pray that we would just be able to dive into this text and be able to see who you are more because of of your your word, God. And then we could look at this passage and look at this idea of being delivered from darkness and that because of that, we would be able to see your son and the work that he did and ultimately not just a delivery from darkness, but what we've been delivered into, which is your light, God, and the hope and the, the salvation and the living hope. Um, that we have because of that, God. So I just pray that you would be the one who who would speak to us today. Uh, use your heart, uh, use your scripture, use your uh, spirit to speak to our hearts and our minds today, God. That we may hear you and may we receive you, uh, God. We are so thankful, God. Uh, be with us today in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. So as we as we look at this verse in Colossians, um, what I want to talk about today is that we have been delivered from darkness. That's the series, delivered from darkness. We've been delivered from darkness. Into His marvelous light, um, and I kind of want to examine the process of of this deliverance, and really how this verse walks through it. That we were first, that we were in darkness, um, and that we've been delivered by Christ, and that we have been delivered into His marvelous light. Um, so, so where that starts is is that we have to first know and understand that we were in darkness. Not, not the happiest of, of starts to things to talk about or think about, but that's a true reality. And as we read uh, in Colossians 1.13, it says, He has delivered us, He being Christ, from the domain of darkness. And, and we have to catch this domain of darkness because being delivered, being saved is, is, is great and awesome and all of that. Um, but the context of that is so much greater when you understand where you were before that. Um, And that that where we were was darkness, that we were in darkness. And to best understand and accept a delivery delivery from darkness, we must know and understand where we were in this darkness and what this means. Uh, Ephesians 2 paints a a good picture of this, and it says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins, and once you once walked. Following the course of this world, falling the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of la- wrath, like the rest of mankind. We were dead in our sin, the whole world was fallen and without life, we had no hope in life, and we're destined for death with nothing that we could do on our own. There's nothing we could do. There's no way to earn anything better or to improve our situation. Uh, but as this passage says here, and as this passion passage in Ephesians 2, where Paul's writing uh, after the work of Christ was done, it's beautiful to be able to read this and read these things in past tense. Um, that we don't have to think about that we are in darkness. And though there is a darkness that is still uh, a reality of of a sinful, fallen world that we live in, Uh, that we can read these things in past tense thinking about that we were dead in the trespasses and sins, that we were dead in our sin. The whole world was fallen and without life. Um, And again, we had no hope, yet God had a plan and made a way through Christ. Uh, Isaiah 60, a prophecy from Isaiah, um, told well, well, well before Christ came, uh, paints a beautiful picture of of what this looks like and ultimately what would happen. Isaiah 60 verse 20 says, For behold, a darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the people, though we were dead in our sin, and in utter darkness, darkness covering the earth, and all the people, this verse uh, goes on to say, but, but being great news for us, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And that promise there in Isaiah is that, yes, we were in darkness, and yes, darkness was a real reality, but ultimately, as it says here, and as this promise was before Christ, the Lord will arise, and, and the Lord will arise and from this darkness, and his glory will shine upon us and ultimately will deliver us and that we get to know in the here and now was and is Christ who rose up from upon us, that the very story of Christmas is him humbling himself to be born as a man and literally being ro- risen up upon us, upon man, and to restore us to right relationship with God, that we might have his glory upon us and that we might glorify him. So we were in darkness. Um, that's a reality and that's a truth for us. Um, and that can be hard to understand and sometimes hard to, grab, to grip. Um, but at the same time, that gives us a better Picture of ultimately the light that we now get to walk in, and ultimately a better picture of what the deliverance that we receive with Christ really means—that we have been delivered from darkness by Christ. Again, back to Colossians 1.13, and the verse simply starts, "He has delivered us." Um, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I can be reading my Bible, sometimes you're quickly kind of reading things, and, and that's obviously you know uh, not hard to interpret here. He has delivered us. He is is Jesus Christ here. Um, but sometimes when we're reading these things, it's easy to just kind of pass through that. Oh yeah, he has delivered us, in and mercy, and, and all these things, and we're delivered out of darkness. Um, but Jesus has delivered us, is exactly what this, this verse uh, 13 in Colossians starts with. And this is a beautiful reality, that as we read that, that should be something where we pause and think, and, and proclaim, and, and, and just rest in, that he, Jesus, has delivered us. And ultimately, Christmas morning was a beautiful celebration of this that we get to have each and every year. And, and really, our lives get to be a celebration of this. But, but that Jesus would come, that the light would enter the world, entering a dark world, and that he would come and he would shine through in the darkness. Um, and when this light entered the world, he was a light in the darkness, and that there was no darkness which this light could not overcome and would not shine through. And ultimately, the story of, of, of Christ, and as we, we got to, you know, we celebrate him being born— but also the reality of what his life was about and what he ultimately would do. And Christ, in what what would seem to be, um, and we know that's not the end, but what would seem to be the final moments of his life, took on all darkness, all of it. He took on all the sin of all mankind and said that I am the light of the world, and he took on this darkness to his death. Um, And ultimately, that death would be what would pay for that darkness and pay for that to restore us and bring us back to light. But the very darkness of our sin, uh, of your sin, of my sin, of all the sin of mankind, even that darkness could not hold back the light of Christ. That ultimately, that death was not the final moment of Christ, but ultimately that was the, the ultimate deliverance for us, that he, would be ro- ro- that he would rise again, and that in the risen life of Christ, that we would be rescued, and that we would truly be fully delivered from this. That no darkness, even the deepest, darkest parts of our own sin, and all of the sin of mankind could not hold back the light, which is Christ, the light of God, that would ultimately restore us. Um, In a passage that's so beautifully and so fittingly today that that I think paints an ultimate picture of a lot of what... uh, of what Jesus did here, um, really is is that First Peter 1, 3 through 3-5 verse, exactly what the, the Kimball shared with us, and, um, and it's really cool. Um, and I would just commend you to pick up one of those bookmarks. Uh, I got the green edition, um, so there is one less green available, just so you know that. So if you want green, hurry back there. Um, but really, this, this verse is actually a perfect picture of what that is, and I'll actually just read it from here, and a great reminder that this is because of what Christ has done. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We have been delivered by into a living hope. We now share in his life, and our inheritance is in him, in which we have life everlasting. And I love this here where it talks about how we've been saved and and brought into this living hope, um, and that Christ from dead to an inheritance that we ultimately would have, um, but at the same time who by God's power are being guarded in the here and now through faith for his salvation at the last time. Um, Because we have been delivered from darkness, and the work of Christ so beautifully Paints this picture for us and brings about this delivery, but we still do live in a sinful, fallen world. Uh, Ephesians six twelve says, "For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places." We live in a world in which rescue has come for us and deliverance is here, but we must take heart and keep watch, for the world we live in is still in darkness, and in many ways. Um, um, In many ways, but but we have a light that cannot be overcome, that though we live in a world where there is darkness, and there are these present realities, as Ephesians 6 reminds us, that we have a light and a rescue that is greater than all of these darknesses, a light that is greater than this. This isn't like a movie like Star Wars, for example, no spoilers, don't worry, Um, but this isn't this battle of light and darkness and who's going to win, what's going to happen. This is a, a battle that's been won. This is a victory that has been won, and as Christ proclaimed on the cross in his final words, that it is finished. That, that the ultimately delivery from darkness, we receive this in the here and now, and we receive a greater portion of this in the inheritance we have in Christ forever. Uh, John sixteen thirty three paints a great picture to this. It says, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. That there are still present darkness and realities in this world that we face. And that's the reality of that, and I think we all can probably relate to that. Um, But take heart, for Jesus has overcome the world. We were in darkness, darkness that led to death and separation from God forever. This darkness is still present around us, but for those who put their faith and hope in Christ, we have been delivered from this darkness. We are no longer in darkness, and we are no longer separated from God. We have been delivered from darkness into his marvelous light. Um, We are delivered into his marvelous life, into the marvelous light of Christ Again, looking at Colossians 1, we read uh, that not only have we been delivered from darkness and by Christ, uh, but we've been transferred, it says, as it continues in that verse, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Not only have we been delivered from darkness, uh, and was this done by Christ, but this has been done to transfer us from people of this fallen and dark world to people of the kingdom of God, in which we have been redeemed, forgiven, and saved through the work of Christ or as a verse that we're about to read puts it so beautifully that we've been delivered into his marvelous light. Uh, I'm going to read 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. I think this paints a beautiful picture and kind of where we'll, we'll kind of wrap up and, and finish out um, the next few minutes that we have looking at this verse and talking about what this verse means for us and the reality that we have here in 1 Peter. Again, that's a verse uh, chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. I love what what Peter writes here in that he he talks exactly what we've been talking about, this delivered from darkness. And not only are we delivered from darkness, and not only is this deliverance brought to us by the life and work of Christ and, and the death and resurrection of Christ, but it brings us into a place of light that that we've been delivered from darkness into light, and as, as Peter puts it, into his marvelous l- light. And I love, I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses here, and it, it paints a beautiful picture if we can look here. Um, but it paints a, a really interesting picture. It starts off, um, these r- words were written um, to, to the, the church back then, um, which would have consisted of people who, who probably would have been more familiar with these terms um, and very likely people who maybe weren't. Um, but it goes on to say, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession. And Peter here paints this beautiful picture of that. The people of God who've been delivered from darkness are a part of something that is so much bigger than themselves and something that is so much uh, better than, than a life that they could have had from apart from him. Um, that we would be a chosen race, that, that ultimately the, you know, we have... Uh, much of the story of the Bible in the Old Testament is the story of, of the Israelites and God bringing them out and using them as a people in which he would bring about delivery, but him extending that to all people in the work of Christ and that, that everyone who believes in Christ would truly be a chosen race. Um, and goes on to say a royal priesthood. Um, which is a, a, a major contrast here as this is written individually to each and every person to think about a lot of the ways that the church, uh, not, not the church, but, but the, the religious people would have structured their days is that, that a priest would be someone who would go before God. A priest would be someone who would represent the people in some ways to God, um, but rather that we as individuals and we as a group are a royal priesthood that, that we can go before God and that we can have a true living relationship with God because of the work of Christ and that we would be a holy nation, that we are the image of him to this world as a holy nation, um, and that not because of our own acts, or not because of what we've done, or because we represent ourselves as holy, but because of the work, and life, and the death, and the blood of Jesus, we are now presented as a holy nation before him. And again, we get to image him to the world. And it goes on to say, a people of his own possession, that we are his, and he calls us his own. I love this. I think this is such a beautiful picture, um, for God to claim possession of us. because if I think about my life and I think about where I was in darkness, um, and some of you guys might know some of my story and some of you don't, but I didn't grow up in a Christian home um, and all of that. Um, but I think a lot of us probably have some points in our story or if we just think about maybe our tendencies or our heart and where it can be at sometimes. For someone to look at you and say, like, I want to proclaim you as my own, like, that, that, that shocks me that, that Christ would do that and want to do that for me. Um, and ultimately, he's, he's delivered me from a lot because of what he's done in that. Um, but we have a God who wants to look at us and sees us and ultimately has looked at us and seen us and says, I want to take possession of you. I am your father is what he ultimately represents in that. Um, in a very similar way that, that you know, God tr- entrusts people to be parents. Um, he represents us in a beautiful way. And these are all really profound realities. But this people of his own possession is such a beautiful reminder. And I think it actually ties really beautifully back into one of my favorite books in all of the Bible and one of my favorite stories in the Exodus that there were these people who were absolutely enslaved to, to Egypt and to, to Pharaoh, that they were, in, in a lot of ways, in, in complete darkness in just their literal life situation of the way they were treated and what they had to do. Um, and God says, that's not what I have for my people. And he comes into Egypt, and he does miraculous and, and crazy and, and strange things, and he parts the sea, and he delivers them, and ultimately says, I have something better for you than Egypt. I have a promised land. Um, this paints a beautiful picture of, of deliverance, and there's obviously a lot of challenges and, and wandering and all of that Um. But even more so, the work of, of, of Christ is a beautiful picture of this same exodus, that, that we were enslaved, not, not to Egypt, but enslaved to our sin and to darkness and, and into death ultimately. And Jesus did not settle for that and would not have that, but rather said, these are going to be a people of my own possession. And now we get to proclaim, as First Peter does, that, that we are a people of his own possession because of the rescue that we have received because of the life of Christ. Um, people of his own possession. Um, and First Peter 2 goes on and, t- and talks about we were not a people, uh, but now we are God's people, that we weren't even recognizable to be acknowledged as people, but he has brought us back into being not just a people, but God's people. Uh, that we have received mercy and we've been delivered from darkness into his marvelous light. God has restored our identity and brought us back into the light in which we now walk, that we might know him and have a relationship with him. Through this we shall live out and proclaim the excellencies of God, as it says in 1 Peter, in such a beautiful way. For it is only by him and through him that we have been saved. Through our life, our enlightened hearts, and the very breath in our lungs, he shall be glorified. That we get to proclaim the excellencies of him. So not only has God delivered us, and not only has he brought us from darkness into light, and made us a people with a complete new identity where we can truly say we're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, but he says that more so you're going to proclaim the excellencies of who I am because of the life that you live in this light that I've delivered you into. And through that, he shall be glorified. And I just want to read this, this First Peter 2 verse again because I, I love it. I'm going to read it a little bit slower. Um, and I just want these things to sink in because I think these aren't always things that, that we can cling to or, or that we feel like maybe we resemble in, in our life day to day. But this is what uh, God's word says about us and, and who we are. But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So as people delivered from darkness into light, and with a new identity in Christ and a new identity as chosen, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people of his own possession in which we, we get to, to live and walk with God and, and through and in this light as this new identity and as a very possession of the creator, of God, we are called to rest and walk in this light. I think this light presents us with two incredible opportunities in our daily lives and in our lives as a whole of what we should do and how we should respond to that. Is that we can rest and walk in this light? That we're called to rest and walk into this marvelous light in which Jesus has delivered us. Um, and we'll start with rest. Um, that's a that's a great thing. Um, and rest here. Um, I'm not talking about Netflix or football. Um, that's that is. Great, I love Netflix and football. Um, You should too. Um, But that's not all that rest is. I think a lot of times when we think about rest, we think about our couch and and potato chips, Um, which again is great, Um, nothing wrong there. Um, But when we talk about this rest, this idea is true rest, true content, true um, just the ability to to put everything that we are into one thing and know that that we're secured in that, that there's nothing we have to strive for, there's nothing else that we need to obtain, that we can just rest. Rest looks a lot about thinking about what this deliverance means for us in our daily lives. When we are delivered from darkness into his marvelous light, we are given a new identity. Uh, this new identity uh, painted beautifully in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. Uh, we in the here, here and now are truly a royal, royal, uh, royal priesthood, a, a chosen people, a holy nation, and people of his own possession, and this should bring about rest. Um, but I think this can be hard for us to believe and understand. Uh, some of it may be the language, but a lot of it is just thinking about, I think, who we are and just the, the reality of this, this world we still live in and this, this present realities of darkness um, and sin that, that is still around us. But I don't know about you. I don't usually wake up, look in the mirror, and say, good morning, you royal priest. Um, my wife, she wakes up, she looks at me, and she says, good morning, your royal priest. Um, but uh, she doesn't. Uh, <laughs> she should. That would be awesome. Um, but I don't know about you guys, but I don't, I don't do that. I don't necessarily wake up and think those things first. My wife is really embarrassed right now. Um, That's okay. Um, Maybe tomorrow she'll wake up and say, good morning, a royal priest. Um, That'd be kind of weird, actually. But uh, anyway, I'm getting distracted. This is not in my notes. Um, But this can be hard for us to believe and understand, right? Like, I don't think we always want to just resonate. Um, And I don't think it's just a language, but I think it's it's where we are and, and that we don't always feel deserving. Or that a lot of times in reality, and I know this is true for me, is that, is that we want to strive to be more or be better or to earn this light in which we've received through the work of Christ. Um, and we can't do that. Um, and the best news is that we don't have to, and we're not asked to. Um, we have been delivered. That Christ on the cross said that it is finished, and this is the true reality for us, um, that we can truly believe and understand and find rest in our identity as children of God, in which we are a chosen rois- race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, in which he now not only calls us into rest, but also a place in which he ultimately is gonna call us to to proclaim the excellencies of him. Um, God's promises in in in, in the um, God's promises are so great and are a perfect opportunity for us to look and we need to to remember and think about. These things, um, not only this this passage here in in First Peter two, where we have these things, but all throughout Scripture, there's a beautiful picture painted of the new identity that we have in Christ. Um, that First Peter one verse is a beautiful picture of that. This First Peter two, um, and many other passages in, in the end of Ephesians uh, uh, two paints a beautiful picture of that as well. Um, but we have a new identity in Christ, and this should bring about rest. Let us constantly look to God's word, God's promises. Into people and community that will rally around us and remind us and show us who we are because of what Christ has done, because this is truly a reality in which we should find rest. And not just rest like uh, where we can, we can be settled or have a few moments of that, but rest that's far better than any other kind of rest you've ever received. Rest that, that will ultimately remind us of how we have been delivered, we have been rescued, uh, that we cannot dig ourselves out uh, and save ourselves, but that we don't need to, and that we can rest in that we can rest in our delivery from darkness into his marvelous light, in which we have experienced mercy in the forgiveness of sins. Rest in the light you have received and been delivered into. We need not strive anymore, that we have nothing left to strive for because of the work of Christ and because of this delivery from darkness. And not only do we get to rest in this light, but we get to walk in this light. Now, that verse in 1 uh, in Peter 2 says, to proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. is a beautiful picture of what it looks like to walk in the light in which we've been called. We are no longer slaves to darkness, but are free and delivered by him into his marvelous light. We we are delivered by light to be in light to share the light. Um, We are delivered by light to be in light and to share light. That is that we are delivered by God to be with God and to show God. That's a beautiful picture right there. Let me say that again. That is that we are delivered by God to be with God and to show God. That's what our delivery looks like. And not only do we get to be ultimately delivered by God, and we get to know and and see this and accept this because of the work of Christ, and we get to be with God, which ultimately should bring about rest, um, but we also walk in this light that we get to proclaim the excellencies of him who's called us out of darkness to show God. Uh, Matthew 5, 14 through 16, in um, one of uh, Jesus's most, most probably famous messages and most known messages in what would be called the Sermon on the Mount. Um, he says this so beautifully, talking about light. He says, you are, talking about the people that he's preaching to, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. As those delivered from darkness and into light in which we have obtained by the light of the of the world, which is Christ, we are called to walk in this light. Um, That we have obtained light from the light of the world who is Christ, and he goes on to proclaim to us that we now are the light of the world, that we would share this image with him, that we may glorify and proclaim his name. And I love the simplicity of kind of what he shares here. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Um, that's a beautiful picture. I don't know about you, but I love like scenery. Um, there's a few things that I love most. It's, it's mountains, it's water, um, and, it's, and it's like skylines. So those are like the three best views I think you can have, um, which uh, I'm from Bremerton originally. Um, so the ferry ride into Seattle is one of the most beautiful views because you're on the water, you get to see the city, and you have this, uh, this mountain there. Um, but what, what, what Jesus shares here is this kind of beautiful scenery, and I love the idea of thinking of a city on a hill, and just the way that the light would be seen from far. That a city on a hill is a light that can be proclaimed and far, and that the light that we have because of Jesus is a light that can shine in the distance, a light that can shine in all areas of the darkness, and a light that cannot be hidden or contained. Um, he goes on to say that, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Um, I'm a really practical person, but I think it's really funny when you buy, like, a lamp and you, like, put a light bulb in it, and it, like, doesn't really light up that much. I know there's, like, mood lighting and, like, cool scenery and all that kind of stuff, um, but it's kind of funny to think about, and obviously the light of God is much different than a light in your house, um, and again, there's reasons for this, um, but this beautiful picture of, of what is the purpose of a light, it's, it's, to, it's, to, it's to give light, um, and that you wouldn't light a light and cover it up. Um, and that's how we're called to walk, is that, is that because of what God has done and because when we truly look at his promises and his faithfulness and the work and the delivery we have in Jesus, that we can actually see ourselves, as, as First Peter 2 says, is that, that uh, holy nation and royal priesthood, a chosen race, Um, And we can look at here, as as Jesus proclaims to us, as the light of the world, that we get to not just be a light that that can shine in some areas or or can provide some light, but uh, the light of the world uh, that we wouldn't cover up, that we wouldn't hide, but that we would proclaim and bring light into all areas of darkness. That he goes on and says, Let your light shine before others so that we may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. We're called to walk in the light. Walk in the light that you have received, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, that you again may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's a beautiful picture that we get to rest in the light that we've received, that we have been delivered from darkness and we can rest in the light because of the work of Christ. And we can also walk in this light and proclaim the excellencies of the one who has delivered us and the one who offers delivery to all people because of the work that he did on the cross and the work that we have and the life that we have through his resurrection. Um, and as 2017 comes to an end, um, and I don't want to get too cliche about this or, or New Year's resolutions or anything, we won't dive into any of that, um, but very likely, at least some of us, have been thinking about their life a little bit. That's just a natural timeline in our, in our calendar year where we just think a little bit about what can I do more of, how can I lose weight, how can I um, do these things, how can I work out more, how can I, you know, whatever it is. It's a, it's a time where we, we, we reflect and we think and, and we want to make changes or we want to do that, and I know most of them last about 15 days. Um, I'm not going to get a gym membership this year because it'll just be, you know, I'm, the, I'm like that January gym guy. It's just not good. It's too busy anyway. But, um, you know, a lot of these things don't last. Um, but in a time where we're thinking about and dreaming about and praying about different things and possibilities um, as we roll into this new year, um, I want you to just invite you and add and think about and pray about in this new season, um, where do you need to rest more? What are you striving for um, that you just don't need to do, that you can't do on your own or that you're just trying too hard for? or that you just constantly are are, are maybe burning yourself out, or or whatever it might be, where do you need to rest more? And and true rest found in in the Word of God, and found in God's people, and gathering in community, and really looking at who He is and what He's done for you. Where do you need to rest more? Um, Just in your day-to-day life, uh, I would invite you to think about that. Um, As you're already making maybe practical changes in your life, this would be a great one to do. Um, Where do you need to rest more, and who God has made you into, because of the delivery that you've received from darkness, because of the work of Christ. And at the same time, how can you walk more in the light and as the light of who you are because of the work of Christ? Uh, How can we know and show God more as individuals, as a church family, more in this next year? I would just, I can just speak for, for Risen Hope as a, as, as a, a leadership team, that, that's something that we're praying about and thinking about is just as a church as a whole. And we'd invite you to pray about on a personal level and as a church level is, is how can we know God more and how can we show God more in this next year? And really, how can we always do that more in every, every aspect of our lives and every area of our lives that we wouldn't be content with that, but we want to know God more because knowing Him is, is an endless opportunity and because showing Him is an endless opportunity that we have with our neighbors and our, our coworkers and our families and our friends, whatever that may look like. Um, But if this is a time where where you're already considering things to change or think about or or look at differently, uh, let resting in the light and let walking in the light be one of those things to to do. And uh, if there's any way that we can, you know, as you're thinking about these things, uh, those things or anything, if there's any way we can be praying for you, I know we often share this at the end of the gathering, and I'm sure we may still do that, but we have response cards on the seats around you, and uh, we love the opportunity. A lot of times a bunch of you guys drop off prayer requests uh, uh, throughout, uh, throughout the week, maybe sharing with people, or in the, the bins, there's baskets on your way out. Um, but if there's just any way we can be praying for you as you're maybe in these areas or just in ways that you're thinking about as you're thinking about your life or your family or, or things that are going on in your life, there's any way we be praying for you as we transition to this new year and you're maybe contemplating some of these things, uh, I would just encourage you to, to write a prayer request to us and drop that off on your way in there. We would love to pray with you and, and pray for you and, and join you as, you as you seek to maybe rest in Christ more or walk in Christ more or maybe to just take practical steps in how you read the Bible or walk in relationship with God or maybe there's just things in your life that, that are hard. Um, that maybe you know or are trying to figure out this delivery from darkness or aren't even sure if you really have been or, or what that even means, um, we'd love to walk with you and be praying for you in that. Um, and there'll be an opportunity as we pray, as we worship, and here in a moment to, if there's any way we can pray praying for you, um, I just really want to encourage you that this is a perfect opportunity and those are taken really seriously and something that we, we just love to, to do and, and just want to know that we're a church that's here to support you in that. Um, but we are truly called to rest and walk in the light. Um, that we have a God who, in our darkness, chose to deliver us, um, and chose to deliver us in a way that, that cost him everything, that Jesus came, and as we celebrated last week, that he came and he dwelt among us, that, that Jesus was born a baby, um, and he walked this earth as a man, and he grew up, and ultimately he grew up to, to die, um, that he would take on all darkness. Um, and that the light that, that Christ was, that as he proclaimed himself uh, throughout the gospels, that he was the light of the world. That this very light of the world took on all darkness and the light would shine through even the greatest of darkness, which is our sin. And ultimately that he would resurrect to bring about and restore us to right relationship with God. That we might walk in this marvelous light that 1 Peter 2 so beautifully paints us. Um, and let that bring about rest. And let that bring about a new identity that you get to walk in in your day today day life uh, in a moment. Uh, we're going to just have an opportunity to partake in communion. Uh, And this is a time for for believers to take the bread and dip it in the cup and remember the cost and the work that has delivered us from darkness and into this marvelous light and the work that Christ did for us on the cross. Um, So we get to partake of that. And let let that just be a moment where you get to think and reflect on this delivery that you've received and this light that you now get to be in and that you get to rest and you get to walk in as a people of his own possession. Let this be a moment that we remember the cost, but also remember the one who has conquered death and arisen, that we may live and walk in the light. Uh, let's go ahead and pray, uh, and then uh, the band will come back up, and uh, we'll take communion. God, thank you. God, thank you so much for, for what you've done. Uh, thank you for delivering us, God. Um, that, that regardless of our stories, um, that we were all in darkness in, so, in some form or other, um, that, we, that we, because of sin, were separated from you, God, um, but you have chosen to, to to take us back, God, through the work of Christ. Um, we we receive rescue, um, that we are delivered from darkness um, by Christ into into the marvelous light of Christ, in which we can now rest in that we not strive anymore, that we not need to try to earn or, or deserve or, or receive grace, God, but that it has been given to us through the work of Christ, that, that his death would be would vanquish the, the ultimate darkness that is our sin, God, and the light would shine through in the darkness. And, and this beautiful picture that no matter the darkness that we face, God, that you have a light that shines so much greater than that, God, that is Jesus. Um, God, let this be something that we rest in. Let this be something that we, that we walk in, God, in our lives, uh, let us always look to you and remember who you are and what we've done. Let this uh, just opportunity to take communion be a remembrance of, of the delivery that we have received because of who you are. God, we are thankful for you, God. God, I just uh, I pray that that in a time where we're just thinking about changes or, or things, God, that we would just, um, as we're, we're thinking about changes and, and doing things differently and, and maybe just taking things more seriously or doing things better, God, um, that we would just uh, really think about how, how we can just be more... Um, more focused in on on who you are and what you've done for us and how we can rest and walk in what you've done for us, God, as we're already making those practical changes. Let us think about, uh, let us meditate. Let us look to your word to see how we can make changes in our lives and just in practical ways to better know you, God, and to better show you, God, uh, that we may proclaim the excellencies of the one who has delivered us out of darkness into this marvelous light in which we walk. God, we're thankful. Um, Thank you for your delivery from darkness into this marvelous light. Uh, Help us to know this. Help us to show this and help us to rest in all that we have because of who you are.